Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Game Junk Podcast, episode 162, recording on Saturday, August 26th, 2023. My name is Frank. My name is Sean. And my name is Andrew. And we've been away for a couple weeks, but we are back to bring you all of the latest news and megaton drops of Gamescom Opening Night Live 2023. It just rolls off the tongue. And uh, it's the biggest event gaming scene in a while. And I, as they said on the show, I think now the uh, the biggest convention for games, live convention, now that there's no more E3, Gamescom. So the video game world is a buzz, and we have to partake. Uh, I talked to you guys about this before the show. I don't think we need to do a complete rundown here. I don't have a lot to say. What do you guys think? I, I don't think our usual style is going to work for this. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it, but yeah, it's a lot of stuff we've seen before. I mean, how many of these, you know, showcases can they have, you know, like summer game fest stretched out to a whole month and now we're in August and what's left for Gamescom? Not a whole lot. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Let's just pick the highlights and I don't know. Leave out the low lights, <laughs> or roast the row lights. That will or definitely be. Happen. Let's leave out the leave middle out the ground middle. stuff that we've talked about twenty times already. Sure. But uh, I, I don't know. The Jeff Keeley does this as part of like the Game Awards and some other stuff, and he definitely promoted it during this. And these events are like just stretching out this content to like ridiculous levels. I've seen every one of these games before and you're, when you're highlighting them in this version, it's pretty clear that a lot of the developers don't want to save their biggest stuff for this. And they're giving like these weird uh, story trailers and like content that I don't think anybody really cares about unless you happen to be a mega fan for any of the, the games that they're talking about. So I don't see any mass appeal whatsoever to what they're doing. And like we mentioned, it's stuff we've seen a million times before. Uh, but let's start with the first announcement of the show. Uh, we're about a week away from Starfield dropping the, uh, the huge game coming to Xbox and PC and started with a little musical performance by Inan Zir. And I actually thought the music was really good. Not that I want to see this during a game show, but I thought the tune was, if that's indicative of the style of music in Starfield, I think it works. It has an epic space feel. So I thought that was really good. Uh, and then a commercial for Starfield. I'm like, I'm assuming their big commercial for television, which I thought was absolutely terrible. I don't know if it was my streaming quality or my monitor, but this and the Zack Snyder trailer looked like green screen, like the most average produced stuff I've ever seen. Am I alone in this? No, I kind of thought the same thing. And it's weird. Like, I don't know if it has to do with the, like, playing these trailers through a live stream but like I, I feel like i've gone back and watched them afterwards and they also were weirdly underwhelming but yeah i don't know i mean it's like the the starfield commercial looked like 
the Halo TV show on like a third of the budget. What I remember thinking that looked like. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I, it's, it just looks terrible. Like so technically bad. Yeah. I find that live action commercials or trailers for games generally don't work well. Um, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know if they just, they, they don't have the budget behind them. I feel like some of them have pretty big budgets. Like even the call of duty ones I remember in the past weren't great, but. Well, I mean, one reason why they might not work is because they have nothing to do with video games. Yeah, I guess. Well, I'm not even talking about video games. I'm like, if I compare this to just a commercial that is on TV in terms of cinematography, uh, composition, like it just looked really bad. And I'm, I'm hoping it was the, the, the feed I was watching, but I was really like, this is your big push for this game. Not to mention Xbox, if there was ever a game an entire developer was depending on, this is it. And I'm just surprised that's what they're going to roll out. This better be one of the best games of all time. Or Microsoft might be done in gaming. Hey, I'm hearing that Xbox sales are spiking right now. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's coming from, you know, Xbox. Was it part of the Game Awards? Because then it might be. (laughs) <laughs> or, I mean, the games combo, everything to do with Jeff Keighley feels like an Xbox ad, let's be honest. Yeah, I, I don't know for sure, but uh, that's that's what I've heard. So, might be moving the needle. Well, let me tell you, when you watch it on mute at two times speed, <laughs> you don't know what's going on. Other than that, they're handing a patch back and forth. And that's not the sort of ad you want to give to people to say, hey, this is going to be an amazing game. Like they don't even really show. There's like, hardly any gameplay in it, yeah, or anything. It's kind of like uh, you know, like an astronaut and a kid going back and forth, and then he like blasts off and like that's it. Yeah, it's. Like, I, I, I guess the idea maybe like if you saw something like this on TV, it might capture your attention and you'd be like, oh, what movie or TV show is that? I'm kind of interested. And then you see that it's a video game, and you'd be like, oh, okay, I want to play that based on that, but. That's a stretch. No, this particular trailer. This also had another viral moment in terms of someone interrupting it with, uh, I think it was an Austin three sixteen shirt or something like that. Possibly saying the same thing that the I heard Clinton or something, and I think that's what someone said at the end of the Game Awards that people were talking about. And then Keeley's got so disappointed. I'm just disappointed that so many developers have poured their heart and soul. <laughs> like, just ignore it. Move on, dude. Relax. No one gives a shit. So was it the same guy as last I time? I don't though, think or? so. No. I don't, I don't even know if it's the same message. I just like, that sounds like what the other person said. And then we get... Yeah, uh, yeah, I think it was a reference to the other person. I think so, too. But I just watched it tonight. I have no idea. Uh... And Todd Howard came out, did a little uh, discussion of the game, really said nothing. And this 10 minutes of the beginning of opening night live just summarizes everything, repeating things we've already seen, offering nothing new. And really for someone like me who loves new game news updates on games, I'm almost done with this stuff. I wasted two and a half hours 
uh, where I could have been playing a game, doing something, and I watched this for literally almost no reason. Well, I mean, we had we do have a podcast to do here, Frank. So, I, that I mean, is why. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but I mean, it does make me think. And I mean, I you know, people in the Discord and stuff were pretty apathetic towards the whole thing as well. And I, I think we're getting a bit of burnout here. Like, I don't, I don't know what the solution is. Like, like we've talked about before, there's so many different showcases. Everybody's doing their own thing now that it just feels like every week we've got some new stuff to try and that get hyped about and it's not really working anymore. I, but I also blame the, the games to some degree, like there were a lot of games shown, but the stuff they were showing either by the developer's choice or just by what they're making did not overwhelm anyone. It was just like, okay, uh, more of the same stuff. And it it even seemed like the developers are bringing up, to have conversations with really had nothing much to say. Like everyone said how excited they were to be there. And then they also said how awesome the crowd was. Yeah. That was weird. Like the fact that every single person basically said the exact same thing makes me think that they're trying to fill time. (laughs) Like they were told like, Hey, come up and say something. And they're they're like, "What, what the hell do you want me to say? Like, yeah, that's oh, a, I just want that's to talk about a, like uh, yeah, I'm trying to think what the purpose of having those little interviews on stage is and I I'm not sure because you know we've talked about how like we like to see developers talking about their game and showcasing their game and kind of give, giving you the information in a in a very uh targeted way I guess but that's not what this is. This is just kind of like fluff like show your face on stage kind of thing which maybe part of it is just the idea of like, let's start getting some of these game developers recognized and, and like, so you know who they are, but I don't know if that's really happening. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I don't know. I like, it definitely, it feels like they're filling time to some degree. And I mean, just, just to, I'm sure we're going to touch on this anyway, but like the thing I kept thinking this whole show was, like I assume everybody that's being featured is paying to be featured. Like, you know, like I, I think other showcases are more about like, Hey, we got an indie showcase. We're going to invite other games that we think are cool. Do you want to show something? But this feels like a big media thing where it's like, you're going to pay for placement. And I think that's why you only really see triple a or sometimes double a games in there like i don't you don't see a lot of indie stuff because i don't think they have the money to to get in there but i don't think they necessarily pay to be a part of it if you had a really big game i think you could if it was going to be an exclusive they would put it in for sure some of the stuff is they're paying for and they still kind of mix in subtly ads that are clearly paid ads where there's no stage intro and they come Mm -hmm. to that stuff which all of the the Keeley stuff does for sure, but it really makes, it really makes me mad when I watch a pre-show and this on YouTube, which is basically one big paid advertisement. And I still get YouTube ads and I get YouTube ads for the game. I'm watching something. It interrupts it with an ad for that game of something I just watched or a game I watched in the pre-show. You're really pushing me to the edge with this stuff. And uh, <laughs> the 
commercial nature. Obviously, video games is about making money at some level, but I'm starting to get a little uh, cynical about how Jeff Keighley seems to have the monopoly on making money from games advertising. I, I don't like it. Yeah. It's all about money. Uh, anyway, I don't have anything else to say about Starfield other than I did pre-order the deluxe edition. So I will be playing Ooh. in early access this Friday, September 1st. What? So you when do you get with that or something? Uh, you just get to play the game five days early or something like that. I'm assuming it, now I'm going to be feel really dumb. If you get that automatically with game pass, I doubt it. I don't think you do. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. You yes. got to pay for that exclusivity. <laughs> I, yeah. Now that doesn't come with the controller though. Does it? The controller. Yeah. The Starfield controller. No, no, I just that, bought that. That's not part of it. I bought the steam version. I'm playing on PC. Dude. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm well, a steam guy all the way. I'm not playing Xbox. <laughs> I just, bullshit. I know there's like a couple, you know, <laughs> deluxe editions that come with collectibles and stuff. Yeah. Obviously, the joke's on me that I spent a hundred and who knows how much on a game I could already play for free on Game Pass. So, so I yeah. just pulled up my Xbox uh, Game Pass Windows thing, PC, and you can on Xbox Game Pass pre-order the whatever deluxe yeah, edition yeah. for forty bucks. Oh, so you so could pay for forty dollars early access? Okay. Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's pretty good. Forty Canadian, forty Canadian. So it's probably like two dollars American. Nice, Sean. Do it, bud. You got to be the first to weigh in on Starfield. I did pre-install. I will say that. But okay, so moving on. Uh, I think it is worth mentioning Little Nightmares Three. This game has definitely picked up like a pretty big following, and surprisingly among kids, I think really like this game. I think your kids played it, Sean, along yeah. with some of uh, my friends' kids. So. I I'm, haven't really followed the series. It seems like something I would like, but uh seemed like it was going in a different direction. I, I don't recognize the two characters. It seemed a little more bright. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, it is a co-op game, so that's kind of the new thing they're adding here. Uh, right. I think it's the same two characters that are at least in the second one, because I, I think there's... I haven't finished the second one. I played a little bit of it, and it, there was kind of like another character that's helping you or something. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this was one of the only kind of new game announcements that I don't think had been announced previously, uh, which is probably why it was kind of pretty early in the show, but, and although it looks like an indie worth mentioning it, I think it's Bandai Namco that owns it. So with your theory of paying to get on this thing, that makes sense. I, I also read that the company that made the first two games is not these guys. Oh, Interesting. Yeah. So the property is so actually owned by Bandco. Bandco. Yeah, well, they bought Bandco. it out. Okay. <laughs> they bought it out or whatever they did. <laughs> okay. Huh, interesting. Okay. Not much else to say. Next, to me, this the game that seems to be getting the most buzz, uh, and a game that's been a- around a while, but we haven't gotten an update in some time. Black Myth Wukong, uh, which is an action RPG which looks very similar to Neo and Wolong uh, specifically, I'd say in terms of the gameplay and uh, especially the enemy design for me, it looks a lot like that. And I'm sure Sekiro to some degree, uh, but uh, 
I still think this game looks incredible. I did not watch. There's an extended gameplay demo that I did not watch. And the, the brief, uh, headlines I read said that the gameplay is actually pretty tight and it's a good game. So definitely excited for this one. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I thought it was, was a highlight for sure. I mean, it's probably I, like, I, I, I don't know for sure. Is it a souls? Like, I I feel like I've heard it hinted at being that, I don't know. But, um, so, you know, it may not be for me just based on that, but I did watch a couple things, just like brief discussions of some of the boss fights and stuff. And it was interesting because they did mention the souls like influence, but they also said it's not about uh, parrying or blocking. It's all about offense uh, in this game, which I don't know. It's kind of interesting, I guess could be kind of a different feel. Um, But yeah, it looks pretty great. The only part that gave me a little bit of pause was this boss was firing shards down at the character and they were like blocking them rapidly. That looked a little unpolished and I wasn't really sure how the player was doing what they're doing, but that's, that's my only observation. Other than that, I think it looks really good. Yeah, I agree. It it's, it definitely has a visual polish that is hard to pull off that not many games can do. And it's like the animation's really slick it's going to be a pretty impressive game, I think. And it is hard to tell from these trailers what the actual controls are and you're doing, because there's also no real HUD or anything that gives you any indication. They kind of remove the HUD for the gameplay portions. So it's, and I haven't read up on it, so I'm just kind of guessing, but it's, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be cool looking or it is cool looking. 2024, right? Release date. I think so. Yeah. February, if I'm, remembering correctly but do oh, not really? quote don't quote me on that at all i might be pulling okay. that out of my ass uh <laughs> next i'm going to skip over stuff to crimson desert which is another kind of third person uh action role role playing game uh i don't think this game looks bad necessarily it does feel like an amalgamation of every other game ever made. <laughs> like, I don't know what makes this game unique. It feels like it could have been created by AI. Um, I, I, I don't know. Something doesn't feel right. I kind of agree. Although I would say, have we seen this before? I don't, I actually don't know. I, I don't remember it, but I think we have, I believe the intro was, we haven't provided an update on this in a while. Okay, so I started watching the trailer and I had the same reaction you're saying where I was kind of like, feels a bit generic, like it looks nice, but what's special about this game? By the end, I was coming around on it. I, I, I think it was more some of the tra- traversal stuff they were showing. Like there was some like skydiving and like, I don't I don't remember exactly, but it just looked fun to, to move around in the world. So yeah, that's kind of what I mean by like it pulling skydiving from... Tears of the Kingdom and other games just out of recent memory. And a lot of the stuff looked like Valhalla. It, it just, I'm picking, they looked at games like what's done well, how can we use that? Which is not a bad strategy necessarily. Like if they can pull it all together, I think there is quite a bit of hope that this could be a, a great game. Uh, but I wasn't, without playing it, nothing was really calling to me uh, in this presentation. Did you not see that puddle? 
I didn't see the, the puddle. The puddle was unreal. There's like uh, there's like a section where they're fighting in kind of like a castle or something, and hmm. it's, it's kind of under shadow, and there's this puddle of water on the ground, and it just it like stole the show for me. It looks oh. so great. Uh, I gotta see but, this fucking puddle. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> it's maybe let's see here. It, it's maybe like uh, ten seconds into the trailer or so. Okay, but. I, I must say, by the, at the beginning, I was like, okay, this looks like a pretty cool fantasy game. And then by the end, I almost had the opposite reaction, that there was just so much shit, and it started to look exactly like Breath of the Wild, or Tears of the Kingdom, I should say, because they have these like sky worlds that you're jumping down from. And then I was like, okay, is this basically a, a Tears of the Kingdom ripoff? Did they have this fantasy IP... And then, you know, Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom come out and they just decide to basically rip off every single mechanic and copy it. And that made me less interested. I've had, as you guys know, a kind of a uh, lack of interest in Tears of the Kingdom going back to play it. So that turned me off of this game. And the other game I was thinking of that this kind of reminded me of was that Ubisoft game, yeah, like that Phoenix Rising game or whatever it was called. I was just like looking it up s- for that title, Immortals Phoenix Rising. Yeah, because I, okay. I was going to say yeah, games so- have definitely copied Zelda before. Like Immortals Phoenix Rising is like almost a direct lift, and I think a lot of the stuff in Genshin Impact would be. And there was another sure. game. I don't know if it, if it's come out yet where we were talking about it, like how it's exactly Breath of the Wild. I can't remember. And there was that shitty mobile game for Apple Arcade, I think, that was a ripoff of Breath of the Wild. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it was specifically Breath of the Wild, but they definitely rip off Zelda. Um, But, yeah. I mean, I really liked Immortals Phoenix Rising, so, hey, (laughs) if you rip it off well, I'll be there. But um, Yeah, Immortals, I thought was taking what was great about Zelda, but adding speed. Like they wanted you to be able to move faster and get to where you want to go with more of an action focused gameplay. So I, I would like to go back to that game. Maybe I will. If Ubisoft ever decides to add steam achievements to their games on steam, I will (laughs) add to that uh, loud cry in the discussions for Ubisoft to add Steam achievements to their Steam games. Uh, but uh, until then, I'm not playing it, ever. I, I must, just one more thing about this Crimson Desert game. I'm, like, watching it, and they show a lot of stuff in this trailer. Like, a lot of mechanics. And a lot of them look quite polished as well. Like, it's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Like, they show strafing on a horse, which, like, seems so like a nothing. But then if you actually have tried to implement strafing on a quadruped, it's not like the easiest thing in the world to get to look, to look great. It's like, like not many games do strafing on a horse, uh, probably for that exact reason. And there's just like a lot of just other weird things. Like, yeah, I just, I, I've got it up now. They just had that like Pied Piper moment where he's like leading the rats through the city. Like there's like portals going on. There's just like this game is crazy. So I don't even know. I know the there was a, a related game, I think, called Black Desert or something like that. That I think was like some sort of MMO. Yeah. So that I don't is. know if they had 
I never played it. I don't know if they are they had a lot of those mechanics in that game, and this is kind of just polishing them up to another level. And but I thought this game was a single player game, so it's it's kind. I'm, I'm ah, now I'm interested again. I don't know. I don't know where I stand. Yeah, they game, developed but. they developed Black Desert. This is Pearl Abyss, and Crimson Desert is. It's not an MMO. It's just an action adventure RPG. All the other ones are. Okay. But I'm sure they're reusing a lot of systems, which makes sense. Okay. uh, I'm kind of going to skip ahead a bunch here to the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 uh, extended gameplay demo. I was kind of intrigued before they showed the video. They said there's going to be open world zombies for the first time which could be neat and they're doing these open combat missions where you can do them stealth or action that i'm not as convinced about but could be interesting but they showed one of the like spectacle uh single player campaign moments it actually was kind of neat approaching this stronghold via boat with lightning and all this weather it looked awesome but the gameplay wasn't all that compelling to me especially watching it was a little underwhelming. Yeah. I don't have too much to say. Like, I feel like I liked the, the cinematic elements of it, but then that, that feels like just more the lead up to the actual gameplay. And then when you get to the gameplay, it just feels like call of duty. So I don't know. I always am kind of interested to see what, where call of Duty's at because it's so kind of, cutting edge and and you know uh pushing stuff graphically and everything but uh i don't know i'm never that compelled gameplay wise and i certainly i mean multiplayer i just i'm i'm never gonna catch up on multiplayer so i'm i'm out on that yeah i i'd echo the exact same thing as do i like i'm interested in it only because it is such a high production value game but other than that that's that's about it for me uh, next notable thing for me was Night- Nightingale, uh, a kind of strange fantasy game with, uh, construction management elements. I don't really know what this game is. Uh, I did like the creature design and there was really one moment that spoke to me, I guess there's this huge creature walking through a forest and the, the player shoots at it and it like turns in a very like believable uh, like animal way that I thought was really cool. And if I, I was getting horizon zero dawn vibes with some of the creatures and how you might fight them. So I'm really interested in that. Uh, I, I'm still not a hundred percent convinced on the construction elements and kind of wish they weren't there based on what I saw, but there's definitely some potential for this game. I don't even remember what this one was. I could see we've how you could forget it. Yeah, we've seen it before. I could see it is an open world survival crafting, which makes me a little less interested. But uh, out of all the ones I've seen, this game seemed to hide that a bit more with traditional uh, action gameplay, at least in this version. So that's enough for me to... Uh, Add it to the wish list, I think. And this is like kind of a Victorian, like almost like a steampunk kind of thing. Is that yeah, right? slash fantasy? 
yeah, it's, it's, it's strange, but honestly, at this point, not that strange. It reminds me a bit of the, the art style of void train and some other stuff that it just like, there's the, everything's been done at this point. So I I've seen similar stuff before. Yeah. Looks okay. Yeah, I am not interested in this, so I don't uh, have anything to say. The other trip, I, I would say after this trailer, I'm more intrigued, but as soon as they start showing the card thing to like trigger portals, I'm checked out. That's not, that's yeah, not there was thing. a card element too. Yeah. No, no, thank you. Um, next I'm going to say Sonic superstars only because the pre-show, they were very excited for new news about Sonic. So I think people care. Uh, the release date, I think they it was they now had an official release date. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> I gotta look that up. But uh, I like yeah, it's I September. Remember. But well, the, there was for September Sonic Superstars is October seventeenth, which I swear they've said before, and then they said they didn't say it. Uh, uh, but in September is Sonic Frontiers DLC, which was kind of a oh, okay, surprise. Right. But yeah, I don't care yeah, all that much. I, I still want to go back and play that game, but who knows when that'll happen. I don't have a lot to say about this, but we have to bring up Fort Solace, uh, which mm-hmm. is out. This game is out. It's a very short. Uh, I kind of liked the way it was uh, Troy Baker and some of the other performers, but I kind of liked how they gave a shout out to the developers that they made it in with 10 people over two years, no delays. And not that that necessarily should matter, but I, I, I did kind of like that it wasn't about them, but more about the developers. My guess is they... No, uh, no, no. What? If it was about developers, they would not have Troy Baker on the stage. Well, <laughs> I think the reason why they have Troy Baker and the other performers is because they think it's going to sell copies. And I would not be surprised... Totally. That Troy, if to find out that Troy Baker gets a cut of everything or is a funder for the game or something like that, so uh, I can kind I can kind of get that. Uh, is anyone? It's only thirty dollars. Is anyone talking about this game or gonna pick it up? Are you guys picking it up? I, I was a little bit curious. I looked up some early reviews and it didn't look super promising, but if I heard some good things, I might give it a poke. It, it doesn't look that bad. I have not looked at it, but it really reminded me of Deliver Us the Moon, which I played and liked, and my son really played and liked. I don't know if this is a more, you know, graphic version of that. Deliver Us the Moon was pretty tame. Uh, This looked like it might have a little more darker themes, but um, I was interested in it, but I have not had the time to kind of look at it or even wishlist it yet, but... It's it's uh, something I'm interested in checking out. At least watching, you know, some reviews or something about it to kind of try to figure out a little more about it. Yeah, I kind of like that it's short and looks pretty good. Um, One thing about this section, I remember. So Troy Baker was on stage, and I don't know if you guys remember this. The uh, the developer said something about he saw Troy Baker's butthole. <laughs> Do you remember? Like he made a little joke. Uh, basically saying like, oh yeah, we were uh, having a great time doing a voice recording session. And then I saw Troy Baker's butthole and it was a joke because he was talking about, I guess he like hit a wall or something and left an impression of his butt on the wall. 
But like there was a moment where Troy Baker looked at him and was kind of like, what are you talking about? Like he looked really angry. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, OK, you're joking about that thing. And he kind of like went into like explain it more. But there was a moment where like Troy Baker, I thought, looked really angry. I'm just <laughs> upset I missed this. I didn't <laughs> oh, check. Check it out. Go back and watch, man. Like, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I will. That's pretty good. Man, see what happens when you don't pay attention to every second of these <laughs> yeah, you things. Can't watch it uh, two times speed. You got to catch those little, those little glances. Please, I caught it. I caught it. <laughs> I, okay, next, Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty. The new gameplay stuff. I it seemed to have some cool action elements. What's the? They had a new tree, a new skill tree. I can't remember mm-hmm. what name was associated with it. Sean, do you know? I don't recall, and I'm not seeing it here, okay. but I, I remember the visual. I thought it looked pretty cool. Uh seemed to be more like projectile, uh, like a lot of games now, almost magic-based, like cyberpunk magic, where you're uh, spawning stuff like, like spells, basically. And definitely had me intrigued to go back to cyberpunk, finally. Uh, I don't, I'm assuming that all of these improvements, they said improved AI police system overhauled and a bunch of things like that. I'm guessing all of those changes will make it to the, the main cyberpunk game as well, or they may have already. I don't know. They did say that. I mean, they didn't spell out exactly everything that would get there but they said a lot of it would be just in a free update to the main game so that is pretty cool so uh, yeah i thought this looked decent i guess am i correct in stating that you have to be a like a single protagonist in this game like it's not character creator anymore i don't know that's the, like it seemed like that was the focus especially because there was that character that's like in the artwork for yeah. the game but I I can't believe that they would do that. That kind of goes against the whole point of this game. Like I would think you could continue with your character and and take on the new storyline. It seems I, weird. I kind of thought the opposite, where it would be cool to take that world, and I would think a limitation of the storytelling in the regular one is not knowing what people are going to do or say, and how robust of a story can you tell that you can really maybe get into some interesting story elements if you are forcing the player down a particular path, but who knows? I don't know either way, but uh, it, it, it does look quite good. Yeah. I'll, I'll check it out for sure. Uh, I really don't have much else to say. Like Mortal Kombat one seemed to be the game everyone was talking about. Uh, I'm kind of surprised to be honest. Not it just seems like another Mortal Kombat. Not that that's bad, but I, I don't see why. Or I guess I'll include Tekken Eight in that as well because I think in the pre-show uh, that that presenter said Mortal Kombat and Tekken is like number two thing, basically number one based on their list. And I, I'm kind of surprised that these games are getting that much love. I always pick them up at some point. Uh, whether it's on sale or initially, and I know ne- same with Street Fighter Six. I guess I'm just not a big fighting game fan, but those audiences tend to be pretty passionate. Do you guys anything stand out to you for Tekken Eight or uh, Mortal Kombat One? 
Mm. The only thing about Tekken 8 was how they went sort of like with that cartoony offline mode, which seemed very sort of uh, like a harsh contrast to what Tekken I think of as Tekken. That was the only thing that really stood out for me. And that might be a nice change of pace, I guess, but it seems kind of like in conflict with what, people go for for that game well i think i think the idea with that that's the new announcement for this show i think it's called arcade quest or something like that and it sounded like they were trying to recapture the idea of like a a fighting game uh arcade machine where people are like i got next or lining up to play the winner uh so trying to create a tournament environment uh live on the fly uh, but then it had brackets and stuff, which also seemed kind of not what the original arcade thing was. It's like, who's around? Who's playing next? So I, I don't know. I don't think it's, I don't know why I'd want to have an avatar to do this rather than just matchmake me with someone. It, it feels like PlayStation home in a Tekken game, which I predict will fail tremendously. Uh, but whatever. Who gives a shit, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> The other, one game that stood out for me personally that you guys probably don't care about that we I think we have seen before is that Grand Blue Fantasy Relink game, mm-hmm. which kind of looks like a Star Ocean-y game. I don't know anything about the Grand Blue universe except that it's fa- like a fighting series kind of thing. But I thought it looked pretty polished. I thought the combat looked pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, so, so this Relink, it's not a remake of a game. It's a spin, an RPG spinoff of something else. I I have no idea. Oh, okay. I think it, I think it is a remake <laughs> of something. Yeah, that I just thought Relink it was alluding to it's a remake of something, but I do think that game looks pretty good and the effects in combat uh are pretty intriguing. I just it's it felt like a game that I have no context for and feels like it's a, like something people know about already and I just felt kind of on the outside looking in at this, but uh it definitely looked good. Hey, what I'm, from what I'm seeing here, it is a new game set in the same fictional realm as the original Grand Blue Fantasy, although some different locations, some characters from the original game will appear. So, cool. Uh, I will not play Grand Blue Fantasy before trying Relink, though. So I will not be able to report back on how true it is to the universe, unfortunately. <laughs> So a couple other things. I have one, me. one more big one, Sean, just okay. Alan week two is of course. the other big thing at the end of the show, the closer. Uh, and this was, we're going to, we've seen other characters gameplay. This is, we're going to see Alan wakes gameplay. And they also were, they've probably mentioned this before, this idea of integrating like actual video What's the term they used? Like live action video, I guess, with the gameplay rendered stuff in his nightmares or some bullshit like that. Uh, it definitely looks like a nightmare because the live action stuff looked absolutely brutal. Uh, <laughs> I was terrified. And I don't know, like I was kind of excited just in the sense that this is going to be a Resident Evil game uh, with a different name. And this trailer sent me the other way. I'm like, uh, yeah, don't not rushing out for Alan Wake two after seeing this garbage. Well, I like the trailer. Uh, I don't, I don't totally 
understand how it fits in and, and how much of that sort of live action stuff is going to be in the game. But I thought it had an interesting look. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, in terms of what the gameplay in the game is, I still don't have a full, like, I assume it's kind of just similar to the first game, but, uh, well, we saw a gameplay, right? It's just over the shoulder, third person. Uh, I think they've tightened up the camera, mostly inspired by modern resident evils. And I think, uh, it'll be hard to screw up or make a bad version of this game, but the new stuff I saw definitely made me think they can do it. They can ruin this game. Well, it did. There was definitely some bits and pieces that reminded me of control in there. So I don't know if that's a turnoff for you, but Oh, I got more. Uh, what was the other? Not that I quantum hated the break. Yeah. Quantum break. The, the I think the, the videos. Yeah. But that was actually the live action stuff was separate. It was like episodes of TV in between the gameplay. I kind of liked the way they did that. So uh, I, I'm not, I, I will say I'm not writing this game off. I was just uh, there. The pitch of really compelling integration of live action. I don't think it delivered on that from what I've seen so far. I think it's a detractor from the game, but time okay. will tell. I'm I'm still interested in the game, but this definitely didn't like make me want to go out and get the game more by watching this live action integration stuff. I mean, games are so good now at capturing facial capture and mocap. I don't know why they're spending all this time to try to seamlessly integrate the live stuff with the gameplay. I guess it, you know, if there's some sort of game mechanic where you have to, I don't know, try to detect that it's live action, I think it'd be pretty easy, but, and then that's like a nightmare version or something. And there's maybe some story elements where, you're trying to remember what was real and what was not real, like AKA what was live action, what was video game. Um, it might be interesting if they take it kind of like some weird gameplay way, but if it's literally just to like show off the tech of live action integrating with gameplay, I don't, I don't know why it would be compelling right now, but they didn't really explain it to, to that great detail. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it definitely, looked pretty cheaply done, especially the lighting. This uh, Rebel Moon and that Starfield commercial, like the lighting looked terrible. It, it looked so overdone. And I don't know, lighting it, out of the, all the aspects of cinema seems to be the one that is just plummeting. It's It's gotten so bad and everything. And part of that is green screen and digital projection and backgrounds like Lighting and com- uh, compositing has just gotten absolutely atrocious. Well, I've got one more game that we haven't mentioned yet that I thought, well, actually two more, but one from the main show was The First Descendant, which was really giving me Vanquish vibes. And I don't know, it was kind of this weird uh, fantasy type, almost you know, future tech type stuff going on. But uh, I don't know. I was digging the Vanquish vibes of it, the kind of the action part. I'm interested to see more of this game, and I'd never heard of it before. I don't know if this is a brand new trailer, but I had never heard of this game before. Have you guys heard of it? I don't. I have not. 
Yeah, I don't think so. I thought it looked okay as well, if not a bit derivative and potentially uh, <laughs> similar to other games I've seen. But it, it, again, didn't look bad. That's kind of a thing. Like, it's hard to make a game that looks absolutely terrible, uh, but I just don't think games are doing a great job of standing out for whatever reason. Yeah, I agree. It looks like this is a free-to-play sci-fi looter shooter. Oh, that's when I checked Ooh. out, when I it was free-to-play. Yeah. So but they're kind of trying to do like a Destiny type. Could be, yeah. Like Warframe or something like that. Or Warframe, yeah. It looked okay, though. Yeah, I don't disagree. Sean, you were going to list off a bunch as well? Well, the one other one that stood out to me, you can probably guess what it was, but it was the only one that felt like an indie game and kind of had an interesting art style. Thank goodness you're here. That's the one. Uh, It felt strange in this showcase to be there, but it was like a breath of fresh air for me. Uh, Don't really know what it's about, but it had this kind of cartoony, strange, comedic style, and uh, I was intrigued. Yeah, I could see that. I did not get a sense of what the game was at all, but I like the art style. The uh, The other game that I'm not going to play, it's not my genre, but I thought it looked kind of interesting was uh, Aura, History Untold, which is like, a, looks civilization, civilization inspired with its art style and how it's portraying former leaders or whatever. But uh, the that has like the idea of the Eiffel Tower being in different places or the statue of Liberty like that. That's kind of a unique take on some of uh, these strategy games that I've never seen done before. So not for me, but the trailer worked. And then these games are, I used to really enjoy these games when I was younger, but they're just such a time commitment to, do you mean the genre or or, like, this is a new genre. This is a new IP, right? This aura or whatever. No, I meant the genre as a whole. It's just such a time commitment to figure out how these games work and all the little knobs you can, you know, play. And and the games are so long that even if you, you know, screw up, you don't even know for, you know, five hours or six hours before you have to start a new uh, run or whatever, usually, uh, if you're doing sort of like a big civilization, trying, trying to do a whole civilization kind of run thing. Yeah, I... Other stuff was a lot of just DLC announcements or very small updates. I don't, or stuff we've seen a million times. Sean, anything else you think we need to mention? Nothing from opening night live. Um, I can quickly mention. So I watched a bit of the future game show and a couple other things. There was a new trailer for Robocop Rogue City. Looked okay. It's one of those games I wish it was on Game Pass because I really don't want to pay full price for it, but I'd like to try it. Um, there's a game called Sprawl that just ca- actually launched this week. Um, I don't know if you guys heard anything about this. It's like a boomer shooter, but it, it looks like it's kind of got some, uh, what did they say, kind of like a Titanfall-esque traversal stuff in it. So it looked kind of interesting. What was the name of this again, Sean? Sprawl. It's just called Sprawl. Yeah. Okay. And what else? Oh, there was a game called Parcel Core 
which may have been shown somewhere before. I don't really remember, but it's kind of like a delivery service game. You're like riding a bike through a city and it kind of had this kind of like a crazy taxi vibe that I was kind of digging. So that looked interesting. And then I guess just in terms of bigger titles, there was an announcement about Lord of the Rings Return to Moria, which I don't know if it had ever been confirmed that it was coming out this year but the, it's it's coming out i think in october or no november maybe um kind of a valheim style game but in the lord of the rings universe you control dwarves and you're like digging underground and it's you know you're you're like minecraft you're like mining away at walls and stuff like that at first i was like watching some of the gameplay and i was like yeah this looks boring there's like you hit a button, you can start singing like a dwarven song. Uh, but I don't know, partway through, you know, you meet up like it's a co-op thing. So there are other people come in and then it becomes more about like figuring out how to, to get across these chasms and stuff. And that kind of was interesting to me. But I mean, it's procedurally generated, which is usually a turnoff for me. Um, not sure I'll really give it a look, but, you know. If you're a Lord of the Rings fan, maybe you're interested. I checked out the some of the gameplay because you had mentioned it, and it's it's weird when I hear Lord of the Rings and the idea of taking one of these survival or crafting games and putting an IP on it. I think okay, well, the, it's everything about it production wise needs to go up a level, and I feel like this one went the opposite. <laughs> it's like it feels yeah. very dated. And very rough around the edges with animation, user interface. So I was like, oh, I was a, I was pretty underwhelmed by that footage I watched. And that that is a weird thing, right? Like, I feel like these kinds of games, sometimes they catch on because they are a little bit um, clunky or glitchy or, you know, like sometimes that's part of the appeal. But like you said, when it's got an IP, you automatically assume it's going to be super polished. And I mean, as we already saw with the Gollum game earlier this year, that is not always the case. But that looked relatively polished. It just played like caca, know, apparently. The, the, the model of Gollum looked pretty bad, in my opinion. But You know what? I'm going to be on the record. Team Gollum model right now. <laughs> okay. I, I kind of like it. Uh, I will say Sprawl is out. It came out this past week. Did you say that? Yeah, it was I'm like sorry. one of those, you know, they showed the trailer and then I think it was like, it's out today or something. 17 bucks. Might pick it up. Yeah. But Huck, you wanted good. to mention something in the pre-show, right, Huck? Yeah, there was a game called uh, Mandragon, Dragora, Mandragora. Uh, which looked pretty cool. It looks sort of like a, a Metroidvania, Metroid-like. Sorry, my mistake. Um, it's okay. But it, it's kind of hard to tell exactly what it is, but that's sort of the vibe I get. I don't know. It could be Souls-like. It's kind of hard to tell. Yeah, it looked but, a bit like Blasphemous, uh, only yeah. like 2.5D art style. I thought it looked pretty mm-hmm. cool. I, I also thought this was the highlight of the pre-show for sure. Yeah, so that that's a pretty cool one. If you're interested in those types of games, you might want to check check it out wish listed on your whatever it says says it's coming to all consoles and stuff from what i can see so you could probably wish list it wherever you like yeah no release dates yet for that um 
last thing maybe worth mentioning, the PlayStation uh, Portal. I think it's $200 US dollars. Did they have a release date? Pardon me, I didn't notice the release date. I don't think they've given an official release date, just sometime in the fall, I think is what they said. So I think a lot of people were skeptical about this. I think that $200 is a somewhat reasonable price point considering a dual sense controller is probably 70 or something like that. So you can add a screen. They were on sale this week for 75. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was doing, I was doing us pricing like, yeah, because it's, I don't know the Canadian price for it yet. So I'm just like 130 bucks more for the screen. I would imagine you can just use it as a controller if you want. I don't know if they've officially stated that yet. I think they did. I think it was maybe in this write-up on the PlayStation blog. I would actually be curious to see if a, if a developer uh, would spend the time, if you had that as your controller, to use it for... Inter- like, Will they open it up to developers to use that as like a, a permanent menu screen while I'm playing a game so that I can... No? Huck's saying no. Impossible, he says. I would say... I'm not saying it's impossible, but I don't think they would. Oh, I, I unless they're just unless it is literally just a copy of what you're seeing on the TV. True. I, I mean, I I could see there being a like a map uh, or something. Like, I just want it for stuff like talking, that. Are you talking Wii U esque here? I am talking Wii U esque, uh, <laughs> and maybe even like a way for. Remember Zombie U or whatever, where you could use the Wii to say where things go for some asymmetric gameplay elements. Obviously, the install base is going to be too small. But is I th- it a touchscreen? I I don't know. I'm assuming it is, but I it, it might not be. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't say. Like it says, it has the key features of the Dual Sense, including adaptive triggers and haptic feedback. Yeah, probably not a touchscreen. But at the same time, the the dual sense does have like like that whole front face thing you can it is essentially a touchscreen without the screen, right? So how would they Well, it's like a it's like a trackpad more so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh the one thing to assume that, that's not. That's part of that which I'm just a tiny bit intrigued by is the wireless earbuds uh, only for VR. Cause I use the pulse headset or whatever. And it's a lot to put on your head while you do VR, but just throwing those in uh, for immersive sound, I think it could be, I don't know how much I'd be willing to pay for that, but I would, I would like that. They so are picking up this 100, PSP? 149 us. Okay. Like. Probably not by. So Huck, oh, sorry. sorry. There's, there's Pulse Elite and Pulse Explorer. Pulse Elite is 149. Pulse Explorer is 199. I'm already confused. Huck, <laughs> you were saying who's saying, buying this? I was just saying who's who's picking up the PSP. Who's picking it up? I would probably say I will not, unless you know a shopper's trade-in or points thing presents itself. Of course, of course. 
So yeah, I'm looking at a CNET article. Sorry, Sean, before you go. And it says it's an 8-inch HD LCD screen. That's it. So I would say that is not a touch screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I like, so if you have an Android phone and you have, like, you know, one of those Bluetooth controller things, like the GLAP or the um, whatever that other one's called, you can basically do this already. There is an app, PlayStation Remote app. Um, obviously it doesn't have the dual sense features, so that's kind of a nice to have, but the price point is quite like, it's right at that point where I'm like, Oh, maybe that would be kind of nice to have, but I I don't think I will. But this is also hinging on does the technology actually work? You're playing games over Wi-Fi on your, or on your local, uh, like wireless and it could be bad. Could be. I yeah. could I could actually now that I'm thinking about it, I could actually see myself possibly picking this up only because I would be able to kind of play at the same time while my wife is watching something because my PlayStation is hooked up to the main TV and that way I would get wife points at the same time as I'm getting <laughs> achievement points. That's I, I mean I think that's that. trophy the trophies. Let's keep the Trophy ecosystems points. consistent. You <laughs> you port games for a living. Do not be calling trophies. Yeah, achievements. but then the joke wouldn't work as well, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, but uh, yeah, that, that's the number one use case. Like, let's be honest. Totally, it's for old men gamers whose wives have to watch TV. Totally, this is yeah. this is this I targeted at me right here. Now, I when I say I would pay two hundred dollars for it. That is under the assumption that the tech works flawlessly. Yeah, Anything less than that, reviews. it's like, what am I doing here? Wait for a digital foundry uh, drop. Yep. All right. I have nothing else I want to mention. There's a few. We're already running long and uh, lots of shitty stuff in there I could bring up. But let's leave. You know what? Let's leave them be. Let's not go there. But we do have to give a letter grade, unfortunately. We do. We do. <laughs> I watched two and a half hours of this bullshit and I'm giving a letter grade <laughs> and my letter grade is F minus. <laughs> wow. The worst show I've seen possibly ever. Bold. I will go F plus. Wow. You guys are vicious. I'm, you know what? Despite it having really no content, I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> I'll give it a D minus. I'll stay away from the F for this one. So, I'll, I'll, yeah, a little more than I liked it a little more than you guys. I think there might be something to watching it on mute at two times speed that mm-hmm. could shift these <laughs> letter grades. All right, let's I did, get. As I was going back through it, I was like, oh, I don't remember seeing this game at all. This game at all. <laughs> so <laughs> I may have been blanking out for periods of time. Let's get into what we played. I think I'm just going to lead off with a story first. So I went to the cottage and last year, the, there was uh, me and my buddy, Gavin, my, my friend's son, we played cuphead the whole time. And he was, I think seven at the time and literally amazing at video games could beat everything on hard on cuphead. So this year I'm like, what game are we going to play? I brought my steam deck and it wasn't decided, and I just mentioned Pizza Tower. And the older brother, Ewan, was like, 
had watched so many videos on Pizza Tower and wanted to play it. That Pizza Tower became the game of the cottage. So me, Ewan, and Gavin, primarily both of them, uh, I would help, or not even help, I would attempt bosses here and there and play sometimes. We made our way through all of Pizza Tower, and it was like the most epic conclusion. It was the last night of the cottage, and they were up way past their bedtime, and we were on the last boss, and it, we were just, I got to the last like phase and died with one hit, and everyone's like, oh, we got to do this, but it, it was looking pretty grim. And then finally, I beat the boss, and then Ewan and Gavin beat the, uh, the pizza time where you have to run out, which is really long and hard. And it was like, last moment, super triumphant. Everyone was losing it. And uh, yeah, it was another amazing cottage trip. And both of these kids are amazing at video games, and it's an absolute joy playing games with them. So uh, that was uh, Pizza Tower. I still don't love the game. Uh, but it it was they really enjoyed it and uh it it i appreciated it more and i might go back and play it some more but definitely some design things that oh just this random stuff and not knowing what you're supposed to do it it's a it's a challenging game to get into but i i do like it a bit but that was so much fun i it was that Gavin beating that at the last second with three seconds remaining at the zero hour was uh, everyone was losing their mind. He's like, feel, feel my heart. <laughs> I put my, put my head on his chest and it was beating out of his chest. We were all losing our minds. It was so good. Awesome. Gotta love those video game memories. Yeah, that's one of the best ones ever, I would say for me. Cool. Huck? Uh, I've been playing two games. Uh, the first game is Night Witch, which I picked up uh, a couple weeks ago when I when it was on sale, and I got uh, Islets as well. But I've actually been enjoying Night Witch quite a bit more at this point in time. I really am digging. So it's it's um it's a it's a Metroid like where you are kind of flying through the world instead of running along the ground, and you shoot like a twin stick shooter. But if you just hold down the shoot button, it'll auto-target things, but the shots are weaker. And if you aim properly with the right stick and shoot, the uh, bullets are more powerful. And there's also this card magic system where you have three uh, basically magic spells that are in your you know, uh, equipped menu. And as you use them, another card from your kind of like grander deck is swapped in. So you only have three at a time. It's kind of random which ones you get. And you have to learn how to use them appropriately based on your limited magic points. And and uh, you can re-get re ma magic points as you kill things. Or there's little like resupply boxes and things like that. But overall, I'm really liking it so far. There's I, – I don't, I, don't, I don't know how far I am. But I, I've played through I think like three areas and really enjoying it still. Uh, there's not really a lot of new mechanics being introduced, but there's enough being sprinkled in where I'm still interested and and uh, still interested in exploring. Uh, it's There are some challenging moments I'm finding in the game, and sometimes if you don't explore in the right direction, you end up 
getting to a hard spot and then dying and having to re um, what do you call it? Backtrack basically to where you were before. And usually if you like, just look a little to the right, there's like a saver or something that's right near the hard part that you should have just gotten. And uh, so there, there are some, a little minor nitpicks there with some of the pacing in terms of the checkpoints, but I'm really liking it a lot. And I know you guys played it, but didn't like it as much. So I'm interested to hear kind of more about what you didn't like about it, if you can remember. I don't know. Oh, I, I liked it. I For whatever reason, oh, okay. I just moved on to something else. But I liked the shooting. I remember I, I, I spent a bunch of time doing this trial to get an achievement uh, where you had to shoot these targets or something like that. But uh, no, I, I thought it was quite good. Yeah, I liked it as well. I, I think it was more just um, what you were saying that there didn't seem to be a ton of new mechanics being introduced. So I kind of, I, I think maybe that's why I, uh, something else caught my attention, but I, I still would like to go back to it. I don't remember exactly. I don't, I think it grew on me. Uh, the idea of like the cards and the order of your power-ups that are mapped to X and Y, I think, and how those you have to like set your deck. Is that sound right? Yeah, yeah. You have like a deck of like six or something like yeah. that, and then three active at a time. And I don't think I fully got that yet, but I was starting to see the potential of what that could be. Uh, but I do need to go back to it. it. I like the art style. I like I like the idea of just kind of flying and shooting rather than being tied to the ground. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty freeing. And then there's also this like uh, you I, you can also like transform into a boat where I don't know if you guys got to this part where you only shoot horizontally. So there's little mechanics where you have to like shoot these cannons that shoot in different directions. And there's little gameplay mechanics based on that, which is pretty fun. There's like water levels that you need to adjust Hmm. in order for your boat to kind of like get to the proper, almost like a little maze. Um, But yeah, really, really enjoying it so far. I'm liking liking it quite a bit. Cool. Interesting little, uh, tidbit uh eyelets also has some bullet hell sections you may not have mm-hmm. gotten to them yet but uh it also has that but yeah I, I do i think that combination is good i can't think of too many other games that have done that maybe Owlboy. and i never played insanely twisted shadow planet i played it for like a half an hour the name for that yeah and then there was also i was just talking uh at the cottage about this Song of the Deep, which oh, yeah. is yep. is Insomniac. I haven't played an Insomniac game I've disliked. I've got to play that game. Yeah. Yeah, I liked both of those from what I remember. So, yeah. I guess there's a few more than I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so I'll just mention quickly, I, I finished Viewfinder. Really liked it. Final level, I thought was a great bringing together all the things they introduced throughout the game. But as I was mentioning before, the story, something about the story didn't work for me. It's it's possible. Like I was playing this game on and off with the kids and they would kind of like skip over stuff or like, you know, some of the story is told through like audio logs and journal things you find in the level. So maybe there's some things I missed. I, I don't know. But like at the very end, there's like a thing that happens that, is kind of an interesting twist. If you guys ever play the game, maybe we can talk about it, but 
I was reading online, like I afterwards was, went to Reddit and just was kind of reading about the ending. And like, there's people that are just like, oh, it's so emotional. I couldn't bring myself to finish the game. And I was just like, what are you talking about? Like, I did not feel it at all. Granted, I'm a robot, robot, but you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, you might be a robot, robot. <laughs> I might be too. Uh, I, I've had lots of people say like, oh, this game was so emotional. And I was like, am I living on a different planet? Like, yeah, I, I barely. I mean, it, it's, th- there are games. I, I've actually felt emotion in games uh, before your eyes a couple of years back. I, that actually, I thought had some emotion in it, but, uh, but this, it just kind of felt like they threw something in at the end and, and it didn't really build up to it. So, uh, okay, well, th- go ahead, Frank, I'll, I'll come back. Not a lot to report on this, but I have my EA narrative building for this year. So <laughs> I got back from the cottage late last night and today I had to download immortals of avium and give it a try. Only got about an hour in if that, uh, it's pretty good so far. Certainly not amazing, but, uh, it's still ramping up into the combat. I've barely done any combat, so I'm hoping it, it takes off, but, uh, has some potential there so far. And I had read that the performance was really bad on PC. So I looked at my default graphic settings and it defaulted to the lowest everything. And it let you kind of, uh, tweak stuff and gave you numbers for CPU and GPU, uh, which was kind of nice Like you can pick and choose and it gives you some metrics for that. Uh, but, I didn't go full ultra or anything, but I, I bumped up a bunch of stuff and it's, it's playing okay so far. That's so weird that the, it would defaulted low. Yeah. I think it's, this game is kind of notorious for its, uh, PC optimization, like how bad it is. So I think they just made a decision just if they want to add something to make their experience better, let them. Uh, but yeah, the, the requirements are quite steep. And I think it's more about bad performance or optimization than it is about what the game's doing. Hmm. And this is the like first person kind of magic game. Yeah. First person action where it's actually got a similar story to at least in the early stages, final fantasy 16, people who cast magic, people who don't and like a lot of embedded narrative of people using magic in the cities and uh, class war between uh, the elites and low-class peoples. A lot of similar, uh, pretty tried-and-true video game story stuff, but but we'll see. Once I get into the combat, that will be uh, where I decide if this is the year of EA or not. Okay. Uh, The last thing I was playing was a game called Crime O'Clock. And this is basically a Where's Waldo game, except for each puzzle, there's also a time slice element. So essentially, if you could think of a Where's Waldo, but stretch it over like 10 time slices, and you can see how the people progress through the scene. And so you start off with needing to solve a crime at a random frame between 1 and 10, And then, well, not random, it's like design, but let's say it's frame seven. It'll then say, oh, let's find out 
you know, where the person came from before this. So it goes back to frame six. And then you have to find that person based on what they look like. Uh, and then that will eventually lead you to a person who potentially did the crime. And then you start following them through the things. Maybe you go back to the, you know, frame seven, try to find them in there. And eventually you solve these crimes by kind of flipping back and forth between these time slices and finding things in a Where's Waldo type uh, hunt, visual hunt. And then in between, there's these little mini games of uh, like trying to break codes or trying to match up things like very basic mini games. But overall, it's just like a fun little relaxing puzzle game, basically, of Where's Waldo? And so I've I've been really enjoying it. And if people are just looking for a, a relaxing puzzle game, I highly recommend it. If you like, it was kind of funny because just the week before, I was at uh, my stepsister's stepsisters no sister in law's house, and she had a Where's Waldo book on the table on the coffee table. And so I was looking at it with my one son, and he had never seen one of these books before. And we we're going through it, and then. Lo and behold, the library comes through and feeds me up this crime o'clock game, and and I'm really enjoying it. So it's a fun little game. I, I like the art style quite a bit. It's like all achromatic, but then these pops, very colorful yeah, color. user interface elements on top. It's a. Uh, I will check this out. I think. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Just so came out last great, month. That'd be a great cottage game. Yeah, maybe not <laughs> not for like a hardcore speed run or anything like that, but just for a relaxing <laughs> jaunt in the woods. Yeah, yeah. This I, I remember seeing this game. It looks kind of interesting. There's a good um, kind of Where's Waldo style game on mobile called Hidden Folks. That I mean, it doesn't have that you know solving any crimes, but uh, but it was kind of cool. Hidden uh, Folks is also on Steam. Oh, nice. Uh, okay, so I played Tesla Grad 2. I don't know if I ever mentioned that I started this game, but finished it. It's actually pretty short, maybe three or four hours, something like that. And I liked it quite a bit. I, I had played most of the first one, and it's you know pretty similar, new kind of art style, but like the gameplay is very similar. Puzzle platformer, kind of Metroidvania, I guess, because there is an interconnected map, but there's no real combat. So it's mostly, you know, you have like electricity or magnetism powers and you're kind of trying to solve puzzles and work your way through through the levels based on that. And, I, you know, I liked it quite a bit. I think the areas that weren't the best for me, the boss fights felt a little, I don't know if it, unpolished is the word, maybe just uninspired, like kind of just feels like you do something three times and they're mostly pretty easy. Um, so that wasn't great. And then, I don't know, there was a couple of things here and there that just um, seemed like frustrating when they shouldn't have been, they didn't need to be, but um, yeah, I don't know. Overall still thought it was quite good. And I'll just, do you have something else, Frank? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Continuing with the year of EA, I finally started the Dead Space remake. Only got about three or four chapters in before I had to leave, but it's really good. I love Dead Space. I forgot how good that game is. It, really enjoying myself. Nice. Yeah. I'm going to get back to that. 
so the other thing I was going to mention, the game that I said I was going to junk, but in the end I didn't. I picked up Blasphemous 2. Uh, I guess partially, you know, I had played a bit of the first one. And it, I think the problem why it never really grabbed me is it was a bit uh, definitely slower paced, kind of, you know, as with all the Souls-like type stuff. It just felt um, sluggish, I guess, is the word I would say. Uh, but then I read that this one, so there's three different weapon types you can choose. So you can kind of choose if you want like faster attacks or slower ones that are more powerful. You can kind of choose that. I think you, you know, I, I assume you unlock all of them over time, but at the beginning, you can choose which one you want to start with. So I, I went with the faster attacks. I'm definitely enjoying that. Uh, and, you know, just generally it feels, and, and reviews have said this, it feels more like a straight, like more straightforward uh, Metroidvania type game where, you know, like the you're unlocking powers pretty quickly that, you know, help you get to new areas. And I, I guess, like, I know the the original does that too, but like it's felt slower in how it doled that stuff out. Um, so I don't know, like I'm enjoying it. it, it the difficulty level... I'm still kind of feeling like I'm I'm sure I'm going to hit a wall somewhere and I'm just going to give up on this game, but I just really like the art style and the atmosphere. So I wanted to give it a shot and I'm right now I'm enjoying it. So, yeah, I picked it up. I haven't played it yet, but I did start blasphemous Two like a couple of weeks ago. Just to, I was like, I have to step away cause it's a little different from hollow Knight, And I would, uh, ruin how I'm playing one of the two games, but I re- I like blasphemous more, even one revisiting it. And I want to get back into it and then play blasphemous too, because like you said, art style and vibe, uh, like is kind of a, a little more adult centric, uh, and some darker themes. I think it's quite good. Yeah. I don't know if the story, makes a lot of sense i'm kind of feeling like it's mostly nonsense but uh but just yeah the art is great and i just want to keep playing it for that yeah and i think based on what i saw in the discord it's even better in this one for like the the pixel art style stuff i would agree yeah cool uh i did briefly finally try dredge which i'm just getting into the mechanics it's a fishing game uh, there's some other story element on top of it that I'm slowly uncovering. Uh, in terms of the fishing game, I think you would have to compare it to Dave the Diver, which I also have limited experience with. But I think I like the the fishing in Dave the Diver more. But I do think it's it's good. Um, there's a tangible economy for the fish that have shapes where you have to store them in creative ways, which reminded me of like, it's Tetris inspired, but uh, reminded me of Rampart to some degree. And I'm hoping that uh, mechanic becomes more complex throughout the game. Cause I really like that. And I like when games uh, incorporate like Tetris, like mechanics into economies and uh, managing things. So I should probably try Death Stranding again. There was a mild element of that with the way you mm-hmm. stacked the back. Yeah, that's true. I just reinstalled that on my PlayStation a couple weeks ago and haven't fired it up, of course, but it's there. I was thinking about it. 
Yeah, I got that's high on the list of shame. Although I don't feel that like actually shameful about not playing it. I don't think it was that good, but I, I've said I should play it so many times. There's definitely an element of shame there. I did beat Hollow Knight. I don't know if I had mentioned that. I'm working my way up to 112%. Uh, definitely some challenging stuff uh, I'm encountering right now. Uh, but it's good. I st- I'm having more fun in the end game than going through the initial stuff and having a lot of roadblocks. So not unlike Metroid uh, Dread. And I think that's it for me. Nice. I have nothing else. Okay, well, we're about to hit prime time for gaming. The fall gaming oh, yeah. season. Already starting with uh, Blasphemous 2, Immortals of Avium, and we got Starfield for those of us who are in the early access exclusivity, like me. You'll be enjoying that game very soon or hating it very soon. Time will tell. But then it's nonstop game releases until November. Oh, yeah, Sea of Stars next week. Oh, that's forget that. That came out two days ago, didn't it? Right now. Comes out in uh, 10 minutes. Tomorrow. Really? Yeah, 29th or whatever. Wait a sec. 20, what's <laughs> 29th today? 26th, is 29th. Okay, we got three days here, bud. 27? 29th? 29th. I thought it was the 24th. Okay. Oh, yikes. I got to play this this week, too? I don't have enough time, Sean. <laughs> Trust me, I know. I saw the look you gave me. I don't have enough time. <laughs> Too many games, and it's only going to get worse from here on in. Yep, but this one looks really good. So well, hopefully we'll all have tried that by next week. It is on Game Pass, I believe, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. And PlayStation Plus. So yeah, we'll definitely have some big releases to talk about next week. So thank you for listening or watching on youtube.com forward slash game junk. Subscribe, leave a comment. We check the comments there. Discord link is on there as well. You can find Sean on Twitter at film junk, Andrew at equilibrium sis and my angry commute. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.